Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagelin, president of Minnesota Hospice and one of your hosts for today's program. We are continuing our five-part series titled Lifting the Veil, Revealing the Spiritual Truths About Dying and Death. Joining me today to discuss this third episode of the series, and it's titled Religion, Believe It or Not, our two colleagues, that have been with me here for the last four weeks and I've had the honor of working with for several years. They are Reverend Debbie Meckley, chaplain and spiritual care advisor, and hospice social worker Heidi Simon, MSW and licensed generalist social worker. Thank you both for being here again. Yeah, thanks Ken. Well, I was thinking, should we briefly review the first three episodes or the first couple shows here that we had just so that people know that this five-part series you know has some continuity from the previous shows um let's let's just do that quickly here uh, i know we've got a great show uh lined up for today but the first uh three episodes and it sounds like we're going to actually be continuing on the third episode that's right even though we're in the fourth show of the series um let me go through just kind of those first few episodes. The first episode, we covered two topics. The first was, you deserve to know the truth. And the second topic was the dynamics of dying. So that's one. And then the second show was titled, The Four Aspects of Spiritual Pain. Right. Okay. And that we covered four areas, one being meaning, the second was forgiveness, the third was relatedness, and the fourth was hope. And then last week, we began discussing episode three, which was titled Releasing and Allowing Life's Design, where we talked about the seven spiritual elements that exist in our living and our dying experience. Those seven elements are an awareness of the other, being present for them, a sense of responsibility, a sense of vocation, which is why am I here? Number four, a sense of community, caring for others and being cared for, being seen and heard and also being present. And fifth, a sense of repentance. Sixth, the ability to be present, rightly dividing the present from the past and avoid missing opportunities that come before us. And seven, the last one was faith. Did I get those all right? You got it. Good. <laughs> I'll have to go back let's and go home. Notes. Well, yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, you can always see or hear those again uh, by checking out the podcasts on the AM 950 radio Please station. Please do. Yeah. Um, now, today, we're going to delve further into that third episode of releasing and allowing life's design by exploring the impact religion has on our experience of dying and death. We'll also talk about sudden death and how we move through that experience. And then finally, we'll start to touch on a different kind of grief. So a lot of information there mm -hmm. in the opening. But I want to make sure people understand this is a five-part series. And what's also so unique about this is that you guys have been doing this live in a workshop seminar type format. And we have really the last two opportunities to hear you guys coming up tomorrow, Sunday, um, and the 18th, and then the following Sunday, the 25th. Great. Okay. And you guys are presenting this at Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Savage, Minnesota on Sunday, 1145 to 115. So it's a 90-minute yep, right. experiential workshop seminar and uh, it's free. It's open to the public. It's been sponsored by the Unity of the Valley, um, and it's been uh, it's been a great series. Yes. Uh, I've heard I've heard I mean, really life changing effect that people have had from attending this. And I'd really encourage people to uh, to check that out. Yeah. And they can get more information at unityofthevalleymn.org um, online, or they can call our 
our uh, line at 612-930-3339 for more information. Is there anything? Oh, and... The CEUs. CEUs, that's right. So we are offering continuing education units, 1.5 for each one of these series. And we'll also be um, giving a letter of attendance away as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I'd encourage people to uh, take advantage of this opportunity um, to see you guys live. Um, You guys live are different than hearing it on the radio because you guys have a lot of great visuals. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's experiential. So you guys are actually engaging the audience and and, and the people that participate there. So it's a lot of fun. And not only that, it's also, you know, the people that are coming, they have an opportunity to engage with one another. So it was really fun to see some connections being made, some relationships forming, um, you know, and and who knows where that could lead. Because oftentimes when you're drawn to something, you may not really be sure why, but most often you're going to end up getting more out of that than you ever expected. And it can look very different than you thought. And so what we're seeing Right, Deb, is um, that people are saying, you know what, I'd like to connect with you outside of here because maybe it was a discussion or a point of view that they had never considered before and they experienced some sort of expansion or growth or connection to something that they just want to explore a little further. So, I mean, and think about the subject matter. I mean, most of us are not in our, our sphere of influence, our circles talking about dying or death or preparing because we talk about this, you know, in our culture that we don't really say the D word, but now all of a sudden you've on purpose put yourself in a, uh, a position to be with people and a subject, a topic that's going to happen to every one of us. And how do we move through this and how do we um, have conversations, authentic conversations about it and voice um, and express ourselves in the way that we want to and how we want that living to look. And of course, this whole series is really the precipice of this is living well because we die the way we live. And if we're living better, we can have a good death. And is there such a thing as a good death? I think by this point we can tell people, yeah, there is. There really is. This is what we do every day out in the field with our patients. and we see that um, death can be better. And so we're educating on that and getting people to wake up, you know, to get in their own aliveness about this subject, right? right? And reconnect with the idea that we talked a few shows ago about, which is the idea of the Anamkara, that soul friend. And the fact that we are all innately designed for connection in our human experience, driven by our purpose and who we are as people, and that we are in those roles whether we realize it or not. We are currently in them because we want to be able to to be in our best way with people in their living so that when they need us in that experience of, of dying and death, that we can authentically accompany them mm-hmm. through that journey. Yeah, and the Anamkara. I mean, it's such a beautiful word in and of itself from ancient times um, is how people viewed death and dying. They were, um, they were put on this beautiful pedestal, you know, and um, really cared for and taken care of and, and moved through that experience with these soul friends, these death counselors, if you will. And um, we all, in some aspect of our lives, will be be that so um yeah it's, it's good stuff and we just say come on out and if you can't come out listen to the podcasts um so that you can get a piece of this conversation and um uh, it, it's just time to start having these convenings these cafes these conversations yes you're right and you know i'm so excited about our conversation today because we um, in developing this topic, we're so excited to talk about it because we we have these conversations every day because spirituality, of course, is part of who we are, but religion is also an experience that so many of us have had. And it's not also something that we're often in um, diverse circles where we can explore what our background is, what we've been taught, what resonates, what what kind of doesn't, what are we in the process of exploring or questioning. So this really opens the opportunity for um, courageous conversations and for introspection and, again, really informs our living. Right. And we're, and again, it's, it's not religion versus spirituality. It's religion and mm-hmm. spirituality. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do we find the harmony in that? For some of us, that's simple. And for others, it's not so simple. And we see that at end of life. And how can we um, uh, come to terms with that in our wellness so that it is um, better received in our end of life. Yeah. 
And, you know, you and I, Deb, have explored this also in our past shows that there is a commonality, there is a cross-pollination, and there's a common ground, right, that, mm-hmm. s- that we share across cultures and across geography. And really, um, when you look at different practices, so to speak, or religions, it's, it's about the ritual or the ceremony um, and the ways in which that's facilitated, but ultimately that we do share a common ground in terms of our spirituality and in terms of what is important to us in this end-of-life experience. And, and, you know, in terms of spiritual pain, um, you know, we all experience some forms of that. And we also all are made up of those seven spiritual elements. Yeah. So. And in our last training, we were able to do an experiential exercise, which was very powerful and impactful for people around the questions, you know, that had come up for them that they hadn't placed themselves in a position to be able to talk about. And some healing was able to take place in that, too. So um, this is just more than your average workshop, right, Heidi? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's high definition. It's being inside of that high definition living and dying. And I would say workshop play shop because we really get to play with perspectives and ideas and and try different things on yeah wow that wraps up our first segment um we will get into the topic today won't we here always (laughs) do (laughs) (laughs) we'll be right back after a short break to continue our series on lifting the veil revealing the spiritual truths about dying and death and today's discussion titled releasing and allowing life's design Hello, AM950 listeners. I am Tabitha Montgomery, Executive Director at Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association, where we believe in connecting, informing, inspiring, and advocating for community. One of the ways that we are doing that is with our first annual Powderhorn Shark Tank Small Business and Big Ideas Competition for local makers, hustlers, and entrepreneurs throughout Minneapolis. Don't miss your chance to submit your application online at ppna.org backslash Powderhorn Shark Tank. Again, that's ppna.org backslash Powderhorn Shark Tank. Applications will close at 12 a.m. on March 11th. Don't miss your chance. And be sure to mark your calendars for the actual Powderhorn Shark Tank event on Saturday, May 19th from 2.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Powderhorn Park Recreation Center. See you there. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. As with their Eat Street sister on Nicollet Avenue, the Bad Waitress at 700 Central and Northeast is committed to working with local purveyors and serving organic food whenever possible. But the Northeast location is a bit more grown up. This finer diner has a full bar serving craft cocktails and a brand new inventive dinner menu, including the chicken and waffle, with roasted half chicken, bourbon pickled jalapeno corn waffle, and a roasted poblano gravy. Check out the Northeast menu at thebadwaitress.com. Kirk Duckwall and Chad Vandalot with Bricks Real Estate bring you the House Geeks Real Estate Show. Sundays starting at noon here on AM 950. Each week, the House Geeks will discuss the latest in the Twin Cities real estate market, along with bringing you great guests covering everything from plumbing to gardening. You can also check them out online anytime at housegeeks.com. The House Geeks, the smarter way to buy and sell homes. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. It's 
Welcome back to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Reverend Debbie Meckley and medical social worker, actually hospice social worker, Heidi Simon. Um, let's jump back into the program here that is titled Religion, Believe It or Not. Mm-hmm. And we just we're starting to get into that in the first segment, so um, go ahead and, and let's uh, let's talk about that. Well, you know the this piece of um, this episode came about from a lot of um, requests. Are you going to talk about religion? Um, and um, this is not again religion versus spirituality. It's the two of them hand in hand. And how do we find the harmony? Not necessarily the balance, but the harmony in that. Um, we find that it plays um, a confusing role sometimes in our work um, because there is a major difference. There are two totally different things: religion and spirituality. And so religion is something that we're taught, something that's been oftentimes handed down to us. We take the pieces of it that we want to believe in that feel good. Oftentimes we have pieces that don't feel good, but we don't know how to release them or to get rid of them. And we carry them for a long, long time. And it really does affect, has a huge impact on our end of life and how we move through that. And Heidi, you and I have have found that a lot of releasing that takes place. And a lot of that is old beliefs keep people stuck in their um, ability to leave uh, in a a more peaceful way. And um, I guess the best way to um, describe that is really the stories. We have so many of them. Um, You know, and and it's not all that this is all about um, that it has a negative impact on us. But so often we find that more so, more often than not, right? Right. And um, I think about a... um, a gentleman that, um, uh, and I'll just you know kind of briefly tell this story. But um, he um, was told as a as a young child being punished. Um, in fact, his mother told him that he would um, experience ten thousand deaths in purgatory because of something that he did. He was mm-hmm. ten years old. Well, at the time he was our patient and going through his um, end of life experience, he was eighty eight years old, and he hung on longer, longest of any of our patients. Typically, when somebody is active, it's usually two to five days. It was 10 days. Right. And um, and when I finally got it out of his spouse, what could it possibly be? She told me that story. And right then I knew that we had to help him clear and to be able to move through that, that vibration, that energy. He was scared to death of death. He was scared of burning. He was scared of going there. So um, we did work through that and and, um, allowed him to trust. And I will tell you that he hadn't opened his eyes for seven days. And just before he made his transition or left this world, um, he opened his eyes. And with a tiny little smile, because there was just nothing left there, you know, um, he left. And so um, I, I often think about how we hold on to those things and, wow, that's a long time. It's ingrained. It's cellular. Mm-hmm. It's deep inside of us. Well, it just, it just reminds us how mindful we need to be and how certain things that we say and do can really imprint on someone who's vulnerable, whether it's vulnerable because of their age, because of the situation where they're feeling, you know, in a place of, of displeasing someone. So they just internalize that, and that sounds like it was something that really guided a lot of steps in his life. Yeah, and you know, we come um, now, and different generations have changed. We've come from different places where we, um, I think, um, we move through. We even bring our children up a little bit differently. But, but we're talking about this, you know, this culture, this generation of the elderly that that we take care of. That, um, you know, have some fears, a lot of fears about leaving, like they haven't done their their due diligence here well it's interesting that you say that because i just had an experience this last week in a different way um with a patient uh i'll call her diane who in her practice and her um religious and spiritual beliefs there is a process in which you move through end of life and so for her it was to to go in and ask for uh, an anointing of the sick for a blessing and then um you know in the last couple days of life is when she would receive that final anointing. And she had done that. She had done both of those things um, but had, and had moved through her process very quickly but then got to a point where she just 
was kind of staying the same every day. There weren't a lot of changes in her, and the family was just going through their minds about, okay, well, we've had this family member here, and we've done this, and, and all the things that you could think of doing for someone, you know, and giving them the opportunities to have closure and experiences, they really felt like they had done. However, one of the family members just thought, you know, maybe we need to invite our clergy to come back and just visit her again. And I happened to be present when that happened, and he, again, gave her a blessing and also just had a conversation with her and gave her permission to leave and to not have her body continue on the path that it was on. And wouldn't you know, in the presence of all of us, she decided to make her transition. And it was it was just so interesting to me that even though the family felt like this was a met need on some level, um, they, you know, someone in the family intuitively knew, hmm, maybe we need to offer this again because there's possibly something that she still had left to do. Um, and, of course, she can't tell us that that's what it was, but it definitely um, was a very peaceful experience for her and resulted in her being able to make the transition. So, And when you were telling me that story, you were telling how he held the space. Uh, it was just very gentle for everyone who was in the room. Right. And, and for her in, in a different way than sometimes we see. Yes, and, and um, you know, because unbeknownst to me, two of the caregivers had never experienced a death before. So he and I on opposite sides of the bed were able to create the space for them to, to stay present and to honor her because there were some expressions of love and gratitude for the legacy she had left in her, in her children. And um, it just created this, um, I think, this opportunity for them to now, in their Anamkara, experiences as they do this in their lives, because they will, um, to have this memory and have this experience with a person of, of a religious background that really created that for them and honored them in that. I mean, shape-shifting. I mean, they are going to have a different experience when they leave that they may not have had had they not had the experience and weren't fearful to be a part of that dying process, to be present with that person mm -hmm. and to allow it to be exactly what it is, natural and allow her to just do it her way. So, I mean, that's that's the um, the learning experience in this is that, you know, taking that fear away from dying right. and death and um, knowing that, um, start to talk about how do we want that to look? How do we want our living to look? And when we are in our dying phase at end of life, how do we want living to look mm -hmm. in that too? So, lots, yeah. lots to be learned and a lot to be um, transformed and to taken forward. So, Great discussion. That wraps up our second segment already. We will be right back after a short break to continue our series on lifting the veil, revealing the spiritual truths about dying and death, and today's discussion titled Religion, Believe It or Not. Stoves and Fireplaces is having their annual service special. Every stove, insert, and fireplace needs maintenance. Get it done now and save $40. You'll be ready to fire up before the cold weather hits again. From 94, take the Riverside Avenue exit and go east to 2901 Franklin Avenue. See the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of clean-burning, reliable, and environmentally smart stoves and fireplaces. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, owner of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Have you ever watched your dog or cat curl up in front of a fire like a Norman Rockwell painting brought to life. It's primordial the way fire touches both the animal and the human. We have the equipment and the know-how to supply, install, and maintain stoves and fireplaces. Call us at 612-338-6606 and take advantage of our spring cleaning and maintenance special. We are online at woodlandstoves.com. The mission and the passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Hi, this is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, and I'd like you to tune in to a new program, Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m., Drink in the Style is going to be a one-hour conversation about interior design and aesthetics, all while enjoying a cocktail created by a local mixologist. Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m., brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. 
humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 on Monday mornings at 7.30. This Monday, I'll talk about Harry and Bertha Holt, who founded Holt International, an adoption agency that's facilitated more than 3,000 international adoptions. In fact, it was the Holts who convinced Congress to pass a law to allow for international adoptions. I've got a better vision of a better world for everyone who has a place at the table. Ellie 2.0 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's home improvement season, and you know there's lots of projects to tackle. Here's one that won't break the budget. Get your air ducts cleaned by Zero Res. They need to be cleaned every three to five years to improve your furnace and your air quality. This month, save $50 when you get your air ducts Zero Resified. Plus, this month, get three rooms of carpet Zero Res clean, starting at $139. Call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMN.com. Zero Res. Spell it backward or forward. Spells the same. Dudley Riggs is a legendary figure in Minnesota's theater community. A fifth-generation member of a show business family, Riggs transitioned from a circus performer to founder of the Brave New Workshop, an innovative improvisational theater. On the next Access Minnesota, Riggs talks about his fascinating career and his new memoir titled Flying Funny, My Life Without a Net. Access Minnesota, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 83. Tonight, scattered showers, low around 49. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 71. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com restaurant of the week is Burger Moe's. Located in downtown St. Paul, Burger Moe's perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after XL Energy events. They have two happy hours and more than 60 beers on tap. Located at 242 West 7th Street, St. Paul, with plenty of free parking. Find out more at BurgerMoes.com. It's are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined by Reverend Debbie Meckley and hospice social worker Heidi Simon. We are continuing our five-part series titled Lifting the Veil, Revealing the Spiritual Truths About Dying and Death. And today's episode is focused on religion, believe it or not. And uh, I will turn it over to you guys here. Okay. You know, there's so much that could be said about um, religion and how it plays a part in our lives, but how does it play a part in our dying? Um, it plays a huge part. There's a, a really big impact on um, where we've come from, um, what we believe, what we don't believe, what we hold on to, and we've been talking about that, um, how when somebody is dying, what they hold on to in their belief system, especially the things that they didn't believe in, that they didn't release and allow to take a different form. Um, but, you know, we ask the question, are you coming from a place of love or from a place of fear? And, um, you know, it's uh, um, religion, of course, and spirituality can be a controversial subject, but we all all of us are spiritual beings. We're having this human experience, and we get to choose what it looks like, believe it or not. Right. Yes. <laughs> and um, so, uh, you know, it's the hardest thing, one of the hardest things for a human to do is to hear their soul. And the soul's whole purpose is um, to be the highest expression of love that we can ever imagine in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And if we come from a place of fear, then we don't get to experience that. And so when we can ask ourselves, where am I coming from here? You know, what what do I want this to look like? Um, what do I want living to look like? Um, how can it be better? Because at the end of the day, I want that to be better too. Um, and, you know, part of that, a big piece of that personal inner house cleaning um, is uh, the fifth spiritual element that we talked about last week was repentance, kind of a 
funky word, uh, you know, but um, it, it is your capacity to reconcile not only with another but with yourself. Right. And uh, what needs to be reconciled, what needs to be uh, forgiven. Uh, forgiveness is, wouldn't you agree? I mean, it is the most impactful thing that people hold on to. It is that one thing that gets in the way or gets them stuck from releasing themselves or leaving this world, right? It really is. And and I think, you know, we know that because if you look at all those aspects of spiritual pain and forgiveness being 53% of what we want to be able to work through in our end of life, that just says it all. And I am in daily conversations, as I know you are, Deb, whether it is forgiveness of self, forgiveness of a choice that someone made 25 years ago. Um, and so... There is so much that we hold on to, and there is so much ability that we carry with us every single day. But I think what happens is, is that, as we said in the elements, we continue to look in that rearview mirror and kind of reevaluate and go over things over and over. And so we're never really allowing ourselves the opportunity to look at that and say, that was part of this human experience. I learned something from those choices and from that event in my life, and that informed me as I moved on. And I am an inherently good and valuable and worthwhile and lovely person. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. And, um, and, and so we have to release some of those burdens, but... Um, so much of what we're talking about here is living better. Yes. You know, um, hospice is not just about death, dying. It's about living. I mean, how do you want living to look not only in at end of life, but if we can make end of life different, if we can have better deaths, if we can have good deaths, um, how do we do that? Well, we do that by living better. And living better is moving through these aspects of spiritual pain that we've been talking about for the last several shows mm -hmm. and um, uh, recognizing all of these elements of spirituality that we have and how we um, move through our daily life inside of all of those. Yes. And ultimately, it leads to our next conversation, which um, is really looking at grief before, during, and after and how... You know, we talk about this that, yes, grief not only changes us, it absolutely does, but it also gives us the opportunity in so many ways to expand. Mm -hmm. Right. And I want to talk about a different kind of grief. Mm -hmm. You know, we associate grief with uh, losing a loved one, um, uh, sometimes even just losing a relationship. You know, there's grieving. But when you are shifting who you are, when you are shifting um, who you're being in this life, when you get connected and clear about who you are, why you do what you do, and who you're being inside of this life, you also have to let go. You have to release and you have to allow other things to come in. And so there is a grieving period. I mean, when you're moving um, through changes in your life, sometimes we not only have to let go of things, jobs, old ways of thinking and believing, we have to let go of people. Mm -hmm. And there's a grief process with that. Um, and so, you know, as we talk about... Um, moving through recognizing the aspects of spiritual pain that will never go away. But in order to shift that spiritual pain, we have to shift our own consciousness around that. And the only way to do that is to release and let go of certain things. And sometimes it's people as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes as we are moving and there are people in our lives who may be impacted by that, some will support us and love what we're doing and will be our biggest cheerleader. And some will feel maybe the fear of being left behind and we'll have that to deal with. So um, there's um, some self-coaching that needs to be done inside of that and reconciliation with being able to climb your own spiritual ladder, clean that inner house. We have to clean house. Right, and it not only impacts us, you know, I also see that as what opportunities are we giving them when we're releasing them to take that next step you know, and, and being in relationship with us has had, um, of course, there's been a purpose to that and there's been some wonderful things in that. But in order to be able to grow and expand in the way that they would like to or need to and maybe don't even realize in that moment, how are we releasing them into the next best step when we just are at ease with that? And, yeah. and we talk about that. We're surrounded by that natural process, especially here in the Midwest. We watch our seasons. We watch our animals and our plant life and our trees just so naturally experience a season and take value in everything that has happened and then release it into 
nourishing what's to come next. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's really important. Yeah. And, and that grieving that we talk about, you know, what I was just re, um, relating to is that person who's still well, you know, how they're living their lives. But it's a different story mm-hmm. for somebody who hasn't reconciled those things and they're at end of life, how we help them move through and reconcile that and go through the grief. Um, you know, we talk about um, uh, you had an awesome um, diagram that you did when you talked about that 53% um, oh. that um, say that forgiveness right. is most important when oftentimes we think, we would think it's hope. It's only 8% right. inside that pie mm-hmm. of relationships, forgiveness, hope, and um, uh, our, our meaning and purpose here. Yeah. It's forgiveness, which becomes the most important thing at end of life. What a wonderful example For us to know that right now. Right. I mean, to know that right now. What can we do with that? Right. What will we do with that? And and as you and I said um, before in one of our shows is that if we really got present with our daily living and we realized how much forgiveness that surrounds us in every moment, whether we are driving in traffic and not realizing (laughs) that we've done something and someone's held that space for us or in conversation when we've maybe said something and had no idea that it would be taken a certain way, but yet held that space, that person held space for us knowing that our intention was good. Yeah. It, It was, it came from a place of love. Boy, can you imagine the impact if we held that conscious present outlook as we took our steps every day? Yeah. Wow. And again, that's what, you know, this series is about, that that truth, revealing the truth of who we are, you know, because once we know that, um, we start to do things a little bit differently. And like you said, we we um, hold our tongue or we find out what's important and what's not important. Mm-hmm. And it shifts not only things for us, but it shifts something so what we might think be so minutely it could be a really huge impact on somebody else. We know what that feels like right. to have an aha moment. It can be the smallest, tiniest thing, right. you know. And um, and remember, we store those ahas, don't we? we? Do. Those we do. insights and those breakthroughs—they're still there. They don't leave us. We just have to get still enough and quiet enough. Listen to our soul, which always has something to say because the song of the soul never dies. Right. We can hear it. We just have to get quiet enough to hear it on purpose. On purpose. Always. And I think, too, it, it creates that opportunity for community because, as we said earlier, there is a common ground that is within all of us. Just how we get there might look different, but if we think about all the things, all the opportunities we have to learn from someone else who has gotten um, in tune with themselves or has a, a practice that resonates with them, how we could share those things with one another because it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It could be a combination of things, and that's the beauty of our culture because there are so many opportunities and so many represented. And that's the song today, which we can attribute to <laughs> Heidi. It's my life. You know, it is. What, what will you do with it? And um, how will you make it better now? Because um, dying is inevitable, and it um, doesn't have to come out of fear. It really doesn't. So we've got uh, a couple of uh, more um, episodes coming up also that will help us think about in a uh, preparation type way as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. So, you know, we're going to move on and talk about sudden death, um, uh, but we're almost done with this segment. So let's just think about what that is have uh, any of our listeners out there experienced a sudden death I, I know um, most of us have mm-hmm. in one way or another um, which of course could be related to heart attack someone taking their own life a car accident um, there's a lot of different ways that happens and what do we go through in that and how do we move through that kind of spiritual pain right yes um, you know, your conversation about the repentance uh-huh. and the forgiveness just reminded me about uh, a speaker that I heard that said if we walked with grace mm-hmm. through life and I think what reminded me of your conversation was that we, we hold on to so many things just material things uh, spiritual emotional things and uh, if um, if we just would walk with grace and give people a little bit of grace, right? Um, we're all humans. We're mm-hmm. we're all under construction. We're yeah. all on a journey, and uh, I think that just helps, as you said, frame life 
now on the choices we make because we do know at some point we're going to have the end of our life. And to be able to look back on a life with grace and forgiveness, I think, is very fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. A gift card, not a scorecard. That's right. <laughs> That's great. And give ourselves some leeway. <laughs> well, that wraps up our third segment here. We'll be right back after a short break to continue our series on Lifting the Veil, revealing the spiritual truths about dying and death, and today's topic, religion, believe it or not. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Accept your intelligence. Coming up, are we alone? Who cares if we're alone in the universe? Well, if there are other intelligent life forms out there, then we're not so special anymore, Josh. Maybe we wouldn't be special, but at least we'd have company. Yeah, but would it be good company or bad company? Are we alone? Next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. I'm Richard R.J. Escal, and this week on the Zero Hour Union Power, we talk to a striking Arizona teacher and the president of a government workers' union. Also, Norman Solomon on democratic reform, Medea Benjamin on Iran, and a new way to fight Big Pharma. All this and more on the Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Visit the wine bar at Cafe Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Cafe Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts, 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. It's my Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Reverend Debbie Meckley and hospice social worker Heidi Simon. Great conversation today uh, on the topic of religion, believe it or not, and all the elements that uh, we've talked about with that. I do want to remind our listeners that uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, at Unity of the Valley, you guys are presenting live workshop on this series that we've been talking about over the last several shows. And it is a 90-minute experiential uh, workshop. And uh, as, as Heidi said, it's a play shop. 
um, where people get a chance to come together and, and really delve into these topics, these spiritual topics about dying and death. Um, so if you have any questions on that, please uh, go online to unityofthevalleymn.org or contact us at 612-930-3339. And it's a 90-minute uh, workshop. It starts at 11.45 a.m., lasts until 1.15 p.m., and it's uh, at the uh, Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Savage, Minnesota. All right. Well, let's uh, jump back into this uh, great conversation. <laughs> so when we, um, when we left, we were talking, Deb, about sudden death. And, you know, the question is always, how do we make sense of that? And I think the answer to that might be, do we always really make sense of that? Because, um, you know, there are so many factors involved in someone's transition, even when it is a sudden experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, we know that there are all kinds of decisions, maybe, that a person is making, um, whether it's a health issue or, or something going on. They're making decisions, and they're having conversations. And there's all these other, like you talk about, Deb, all these things behind the scenes, these alignments and these energies and, and things that we don't necessarily aren't aware of um, or even see, but, but they're there. Yeah. I mean, physics tells mm -hmm. us this quantum field is full of all of these frequencies and energies and vibrations that um, people carry, and sometimes they align with each other, and sometimes there's a sudden car accident that doesn't make sense. Um, you know, there's um, deaths that just happen, whether they're suicides or, like I said, the car accident. I had a person come up to me um, saying that, you know, she, they were coming from a funeral, and her niece was killed in a car accident. And, um, you know, and, and so I, I guess, you know, there's this quantum field that's doing what it's going to do regardless that we don't have control over. And some of it we do. But um, do we need to figure out the why? I mean, that's the heartache, I think, is trying to figure out the why. And maybe, maybe it's not necessary. And ask ourselves, well, is that true? And if that's true, is that true? And if that's true, is that true? Right. Because if it's not... Um, it's part of that releasing and allowing. How do we move forward? And what do we actually have to know? And what don't we mm -hmm. have to know? And I think a lot of times what happens for us is that there are just things that we didn't get to express, hugs given, um, conversations had, things that we just really wanted to say, and how can we give ourselves the opportunity then to still be able to express those because they still have an impact when we're able to release that. Yeah. So, you know, not to... Um, uh, not give it everything that it deserves, but it is very individual, and um, we know that people need to heal they through do. that. They do. Yeah. So, but we have um, our episode number four of right. this series coming up um, uh, tomorrow, Sunday, right. at Unity of the Valley. And so, and this one is I Am a new perspective of aging. What responsibility am I taking with my own aging, with aging as a whole? And uh, we're going to talk about the different um, characteristics, the mm -hmm. personalities, I guess, maybe, that you would say that people take on, whether it be um, going out there and jumping into life and being aliveness or retreating and maybe giving up. Or uh, a lot of different things in between, right? Right, and we are at a prime time, Ken. We're gonna we're gonna talk to you about this because we're at That's a prime right. time where never in our history have we had this number of people aging at the same time, and so we get to look at all those internalized images and messages that we've had all these years about aging and say, huh. Who's going to be defining this? We have the opportunity to sway that in another direction. Right, Ken? That's right. In fact, um, just, uh, just this week, um, uh, information came out on the Center for Aging in Minnesota in conjunction with the Department of Human Services. And they talked about ageism and how we as a society have put these stereotypes on the aging, I mean, uh, our society is so geared towards youth and yes. immortality and and uh, things that are very fleeting. And they have got uh, an amazing project that they're working on called Minnesota 2030. So the, the, the reason they did this is because the baby boom generation that's moving through right now our society, people over 65, about one in five people in Minnesota 
are over 65. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen over the next 10 years, that whole group is going to be approaching 85. And for the first time in our state's history, there'll be more people over 65 than there are people 18 and under. So I think about that. It's literally (laughs) turned upside down because historically your population groupings of zero to 18, so your youth, yep, and then uh, your next group, the 19 to 64, was the biggest group. Well, that's shifting dramatically. So we have a lot to talk about that. We are available. I want to make sure people know this. Right. Contact us. We do presentations in the communities constantly, mm-hmm. um, and we share this information. And it's important that people understand where we're at as a society and the things we're going to be facing. And so that's why the topics that you guys are so passionate about is so important that we hear those so we can reframe how we look at aging, the elderly, and end of life. Right, and empower people with information and education because that's really where we are. I mean, like like you always talk about, Ken, there are so many programs that people don't even know. They've even invested in themselves, in themselves, and hospice is one of those benefits we know right. that we've all invested in, but there are so many um, other things that we need to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. The, the resources are phenomenal, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, no one talks about them <laughs> at the level that needs to be talked about because it's we as a society kick the can down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I talked to the demographic uh, uh, center at Minnesota, and they said the big concern they have is that there's not enough money, not enough hands. Right. It means people aren't being trained to help take care of the elderly. So there's a real. And we're seeing that now. Oh, yeah. We're seeing it now every and, day. And, and, and they say we're in a crisis right now. We're already and in it. it only gets worse for the next 20 years. So this is something that right. is very passionate about what we do as a living here. So we'll talk more about that on the following yeah. shows here. Yeah, great. Well, that concludes our show for today. I want to thank Reverend Debbie Meckley, chaplain and spiritual care advisor, and hospice social worker Heidi Simon for being here to share with us their insights on today's topic titled Releasing and Allowing Life's Design, which is the third episode of our five-part series, Lifting the Veil, Revealing the Spiritual Truths About Dying and Death. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please feel free to contact us with any questions or comments you have at 612-930-3339. Until next week, live like you're dying.